wonderful day yesterday was in celebrating um, Phyllis. And so many people have been talking about it. If you weren't able to be here, um, you missed out because we worshiped and we loved and we remembered a, um, a mighty fine woman. And um, I just want to thank everyone who made that possible. Jeremy and I got so many compliments yesterday. And man, it's not us. This was a team from top to bottom. This church gathered together, gathered around Jerry, and we put on a heck of a good time yesterday. Um, I heard that it was the most joyful memorial service countless times because that's what it was. We came together and we celebrated a woman who lived life and who now is in heaven. And there's no other way to be than to be joyful for that and to maybe be a little jealous because she's hanging out with Jesus. She was singing over us this morning with the choir of angels. Um, But I just want to specifically thank um, Billy for all that he does. I don't know if you know how hard this man works every Sunday, but you throw a memorial service to him and he just kicks it into gear and he's struggling physically as we know. And so just Billy, thank you for all that you do. You make, you, you just make everything run. Thank you for that. Um, and Denise put in a lot of extra hours and a lot of extra work and playing the music and everything. So Denise, thank you for all that you do to, um, I texted her last night and I said, thanks for all the hard work you do because you make Jeremy and I look good. So thank you for that. And then, um, our, our kitchen gals really stepped up. Um, and you guys that brought sides, thank you. Um, but specifically to Elena, to Nancy and to Cheryl, um, and to Sherry Rayburn jumped in and, and spouses and everybody else. I mean, we, food was flying in and set out and ate and cleaned up so fast and, it, it was just amazing. But to sit down there, I had an opportunity to sit with Charlie and Alexa and Sherry and Phil and um, the Rayburns for a little bit. Um, and just, if you just closed your eyes and listened to the joy and the conversation and the life and the fellowship that happened, it was amazing. And that is part of being a healthy church that just loves each other from the beginning to the end. And so Jerry and Dorothea and to your family, we were just honored and blessed to get to participate in that yesterday. So we miss her, but I think that she would have really enjoyed that party. So thank you. One other thank you. Um, I have to give in just a second here. Um, Obviously, Jeremy's not here, and I get to speak with you this morning, which is, oh, Giselle, thank you. Kids can be dismissed to class. Did you have something to say? Does God have a camera? No, we, they just know. They know that we're celebrating. Yeah. Head to class. She, she's in heaven, and it's all good up there. They're partying. They're singing and praising. Yeah. Okay. All right, so kids are off. Here we go. Um, it's, it's always an honor to get to speak um, and share, um, not always when Jeremy leaves town, but a lot of times. Um, and as he, as we were planning this and preparing, 
I really struggled with what I felt like God wanted me to say. And generally, we'll be in a series, um, and so, you know, he'll tell me, well, this is the scripture we're covering or a topic or something like that. And he was like, man, we're wide open. We're going to start a new series next week in Acts, and it's going to take us a while. Um, and it's going to be a great series. But he said, it's up to you, whatever you feel like the Lord's laid on you. And for those that have ever spoke, that's heavy. Like, I just felt like, okay, what do you got for me? And as I was, you know, just praying and listening and trying to really lean in, the enemy just likes to start to warm its way in. And so the title this morning of Unqualified is because I feel completely unqualified to stand up here and to, to think that I have something to say to a room full of people who have loved and walked with Jesus longer than I have. And in that, God met me there and shared with me some words that I'm going to share with you this morning. But I want to start by just making it very clear that I am so grateful for the opportunity to get to share with you. And I hope this morning that that's the Holy Spirit's words that you hear and that I get out of the way and just let him be who he is to each and one of every one of us. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you again for bringing us here this morning, for gathering us. Lord, we thank you for the rain that just washes everything and it makes everything smell good and it's just a refreshing. Lord, help us to have those eyes that sees the rain as good and not as an annoyance. Lord, this morning, let it be represented represented as your Holy Spirit falling and washing over this valley. And just that renewal and that life that it brings. May the things that need to be drenched be drenched today, Lord, by you. By your move here. By your words. By healing. By your touch. Lord, may we leave this place having met you and grown deeper in our love for you and our knowledge for you. Help us to lean in this morning and to hear what you have for each and every one of us. We thank you for this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, like I said, Jeremy's gone. Um, He is currently on a plane. He took off from SeaTac about an hour ago. And the only way that he got there is because Gary Wiggins got up and was at my house at 4.30 this morning and took Jeremy to the airport here in East Wenatchee because I love my husband, but not waking up two babies to take him to the airport. So he was going to drive and him and Gary were talking and Gary says, I'm up that early anyway. I'll just come get you. So, um, Gary, thank you. I didn't go back to sleep, but that's okay. It's all good. Um, Jeremy is headed to our, um, national Foursquare convention. It starts tomorrow and he's going to join, um, thousands of pastors and leaders in just gathering together and praising Jesus. And, um, It's just always a great time of refreshing, and so he's really excited. Someone asked me this morning if I was jealous, and I would say yes, because I've always wanted to go to Nashville. That's where he's headed, Um, but this was not my trip to go on, and so um, what's neat is neither one of us were going to go, and then God opened the doors for him to go, and his best friend, Shaden Crabtree, who came last year and spoke, he's pastors down in Northern California, Um, he and his family decided they weren't going to go. And then he found out Jeremy was going to go, and so he is going and leaving his family at home. And so the two of them are connecting, and they're going to trip around Nashville 
and um, I did not send him bail money, so we need to pray, okay? Um, No, they're going to worship a bunch. They're going to hear from amazing leaders, um, men and women of God, and um, they get to vote for our new denomination president that's happening this year, and so there's going to be a change of power, and he's very excited to get to go and be a part of that um, passing of the torch, and so that's where he is. He will be um, gone until late Thursday night, so I would appreciate your prayers because um, I am not used to being a single mama. Um, I got married and have a partner for a reason because <laughs> it's hard work, <laughs> um, but I just am really, I'm really am excited for him to get to go and have this experience. Um, but would you be praying just for a rest that he finds that rest, but more importantly, just a refreshing and a renewing of his vision, um, not his vision, but God's vision. And that when he comes back here to our little corner of the world, that, um, we just see a little bit of that fire that God re-sparked in him this week. All right. All right. Well, again, we're going to talk about unqualified, or feeling inadequate, or just not good enough, which sounds like a really happy morning, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, I think it's safe to say that in the last couple of years, each and every one of us has um, experienced a tremendous amount of change. Um, My family in particular, we moved to a new state, started new jobs, acquired some new friends, and most recently, um, invited a little foster kiddo into our home. And so there has been a lot of change in the Walker household. It's been um, definitely an adventure. And I think anytime we head out on a new adventure with God, he's going to push us out of our comfort zones. And he's going to ask us to step into new territory. And I think that all of us in the last two years have been asked to do that. Um, It was really great to meet Mike and Nancy Crow for the first time yesterday. Um, And I was really nervous because physically... Inside this building, we've made just a few changes, and they um, were very gracious, and Nancy just said she really liked everything, and, you know, as a pastor's wife to a pastor's wife, that meant a lot to me, and that she didn't come in and, like, ooh, or anything, and so, and for all of you, we've made some changes, and that's really hard. Change is really hard, and so um, I think we've just all kind of stepped into someplace new. Um, anytime we face something new, or, new in our lives, we face the risk of feeling that inadequacy. Um, and those are really real fears, that feeling of inadequacy. Um, if you look, it's like when you look at your life and you think, I don't have what it takes to be a good parent or a good leader or a good believer. It's, it's that feeling of just, I, I'm just not enough. And I think that if we're honest with ourselves, we've all felt that at some point. Ephesians 1.19 says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know his uncomparably great power for us who believe. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And that first scripture is my prayer for you today. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be opened and that you see from the inside out how great God's power is in your life. 
And just think about that phrase, incomparably great power. Whose? It's God's, incomparably. Can't compare it. And he wants to share that with us. How great is God's power? Well, if you think about it, he keeps the world spinning. He keeps the sun burning. He takes billions of stars and he hangs them in place and he keeps them there. And every minute of every day, and the Bible says that he wants to take that great power and transform it into your life. And he wants to make it work in your life. Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Nothing is too hard for you. Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He wants to take our feeling of, I don't have what it takes. And he wants to express it to us that he has what it takes. He has never asked us to have that power. It's his power in us. And how does he do that? How do I experience that power in my life? Well, we have to learn to trade in our response to our feelings of inadequacy for God's response to our feelings of inadequacy. When you learn that, you begin slowly to set aside that fear and begin to enjoy a new sense of strength and power and real confidence in everyday life. But what's our natural tendency to feeling inadequate or unqualified? Well, if we flip to the very beginning, Adam and Eve in Genesis, it says the Bible, or the Bible tells us that when Adam and Eve bit into the apple, they realized they were naked and ashamed. They realized that they lacked something. And that's not a bad description of what inadequacy is all about. It's all of a sudden you've got this terrible realization that you're missing something in your life. And that's a real struggle. To help you see where you might be surrendering your life to this fear of inadequacy, ask yourself this question once a month or so. What am I attempting in my life that I could not pull off in my own strength that requires God's strength? Ask yourself that. Am I living my life within my own strength or am I stepping out and asking for God's strength to live life? Am I just hanging out here in my comfort zone? I got this. I don't need God. Or am I saying, all right, God, all right, all right, I know you're calling me. I can't do this on my own. Here we go. Ask yourself that. Be self-reflective that way and see what your heart says. Dependence helps us to understand God's strength in our life. How do you see God's power in your weakness? Dependence on him. Again, not yourself, but our dependence on him of who he says he is in us. I think a lot of times when people think of depending on God, they think of a large rock that they're like leaning against. And maybe that's partly true. But I like to think of it as not a large rock, but a large rocket. And that God's going somewhere. And I have to get on that rocket to go with him. That the rocket is the one with the power. It's not me. I'm just choosing to jump on. Right? 
and he's going to take off and we have to be a part of that power. The Bible tells us that from, from Christ, we can do nothing, but in Christ, we can do all things. Proverbs 10 says, a self-sufficient fool falls flat on his face. How many people feel like self-sufficiency is power? I don't need anybody else. I got this myself. I mean, especially in the Northwest, we are like an independent pioneer people, right? Like we got this, that can-do spirit, which is not bad. But we're, we're forgetting that we have to plug in to the power source, right? I can do some things, but with Christ, I can do all things. Um, sometimes God has to put us flat on our back to keep us falling from flat on our face. So we can look up to him and we can say, I need to depend on you in my life. That's why he sends weakness into our life. God loves to turn our greatest weakness into his greatest strengths. And it reminds me of the story that David shared last week about being at the Dead Sea. And as I was thinking and praying about this and I, and I came across that um, Proverbs, I was just thinking about how David said, you know, you can't get in the Dead Sea and just swim like, like you're in a pool. It forces you, right, on your back, like you're a turtle on your back. And when you try, it, you're just trying in vain. And it's not until you lay back and you just float and let God direct you where you need to be. And that picture has just stuck with me all week about how many times just in vain I'm trying to get somewhere. And I just, sometimes I just feel like God's like, all right. Oh, you ready for me? Nope, not yet. Okay, just kind of keep, keep flailing around there, right? And it's not until I just lean back and I float and my eyes are on him that he's like, all right, let's try this again. So thank you for that picture last week of just remembering whose power. I can be the strongest swimmer and the strongest person on earth, but I'm not going to get anywhere if it's in my strength and not God's. <clears throat> The hard thing about all of this, about feeling inadequate or unqualified, is that nasty little word called fear. And we can sit here and we can talk about it all day long, but it's the fear that runs rampant in our minds and in our hearts. We're afraid for our kids' well-being. We panic when life storms strike. The economy stresses us out. Revealing our hidden past can terrify us. And then there's the, that fear of just simply being unqualified. And I thought we would look at Moses, because I think he can relate a lot. When God told Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, his first response was, but who am I to appear before Pharaoh? How can you expect me to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? And I think we see Moses' response, and we're like, didn't he understand that God was sending him? Didn't he understand that the almighty God was, go and do this? Well, I think it's really easy to sit and read that. Because apparently, Moses didn't remember that God, the almighty God was sending him, right? Because he hid behind his excuses, the people won't believe me. I'm not a good public speaker. I'm clumsy with words. 
He answered God's invitation to holy adventure with, please send someone else. We'll come back to Moses in a few minutes, but I can relate to Moses. And I'm guessing that you have probably at some point in your life thought, God, please send somebody else. Please ask someone else. I am not qualified. Where does this fear of feeling inadequate or unqualified come from? What is the root of it? And I think a lot of it has to do with when we start comparing ourselves to other people. We take our eyes off of him and we kind of like start peeking around. What are you doing over there? What do you get? Oh, I don't have that. I don't know. And we start allowing ourselves to not focus on what God is asking us to do and where he's leading us to do. And we start like, oh, that looks, I kind of want to be a part of that over there. And I want to be a part of that. And that root gets into our heart and it causes so many problems. We start measuring ourselves against someone else's abilities or their appearance. And then we feel inferior. And then we don't want to put ourselves in that situation the next time. We don't want to confirm those feelings. The fear of making a mistake. I mean, how many times does that stop us? You know that you know that you know that God is saying, do this. And you're like, God, I want to be obedient. But I don't want to mess it up. I know when he is asking me to do something, he doesn't say, I want you to speak today. Don't screw it up. (laughs) He doesn't say that. He says, I have some things I want you to share. Just do it. Just trust me. And that's hard because I don't want to stand up here and look clumsy or look foolish. But if I'm doing it because I'm obedient, I don't really care what you think. The possibility of losing other people's respect hinders us from expressing our opinions, learning new skills, and honoring our abilities. The fear of inadequacy carries the power to paralyze. But we can move beyond it to embrace life fully with God. But how is that possible? Overcoming the fear of inadequacy or feeling unqualified requires changing our thinking patterns. God nudges us to do something far beyond our comfort zone, right? Like join a Bible study, maybe wander across the street and talk to a grumpy neighbor, maybe take a short-term mission trip, or provide foster care. Our natural tendency might be to think, who, me? I cannot do that. I'm completely unqualified, and I'll totally mess it up. The truth is, God invites us to do things that are far beyond our natural capabilities So we can grow in the understanding of his character. That's why he calls us outside. How do we learn something? If we just stay right here in our little bubble, our nice, everything, I know everything. I can control everything. Everything's familiar and comfortable. We find courage to say yes by filling our minds with his truth. For I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. Philippians. Admitting our fear is another step towards, failure, towards freedom. The Old Testament tells the story of King Jehoshaphat feeling afraid as war approached. He admitted his feelings and dependency on God. And in Second Chronicles, he says, We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but 
We are looking for you to help. Just let those words sink in. A war is coming. We are under attack. We don't have a strategy. You have got to step in and help us, God. Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat humbled himself before God by admitting his dependency on him. And in this culture, admitting that you need something, you need somebody, you're weak, that's not going to get you the promotion. That's not going to give you fame or status. But that's what the Bible is saying. Jehoshaphat, he took another important step by moving into battle despite the fears. He didn't wait for God to come down and be like, all right, Jehoshaphat, here's the game plan. You're going to move these guys here and these guys here. I mean, that would be great. How many times would we gladly go forth if you're driving down the road and there's just like a billboard, right? Hey, Bethany, right here, that in, in two blocks, take a right, and this is going to be the next two years of your life. I got you covered. Like, that would be awesome. All right, taking that right. We're good. But that's not how things happen because he's saying, trust me, trust me. When Jehoshaphat, just despite his fears, moved forward, what happened? God honored him in that trust. And we can too, and we can experience his work in our life when we do that. Um, After we had taken the initial steps to become licensed um, with foster care, um, we had tackled the Everest size mountain of paperwork and we started taking classes and we started getting our references and all of the things that go into it. Um, I totally put the brakes on and I just started thinking, right, and, and rationalizing. Well, like, why are, we, why are we doing this? What's our motivation? And I don't think that was bad. It's always good maybe sometimes to not just rush into things. But in that, I opened the door to fear. And all of those things about feeling unqualified and inadequate. I mean, who did I think I was that I could parent someone's child better than them? And, and time, I mean, it's not like we have a plethora of time. I mean, we're busy all the time. And now we're going to have a kiddo come into our house that's going to have doctor's appointments and CASA appointments and social worker appointments and visitations and all of these things. And, and who do I think I am when I can barely parent my kid most days? And in that moment, in all of those things that I was saying, like, but God, I hear you. I, yes, I hear you. We hear the call. But, 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 God met me in that moment. And Jeremy was like, let's go, let's do this. And I was like, oh, hang on. And he would say, oh, did you get the paperwork filled out? Did you turn it in? Oh, no, mm -mm, nope, I didn't. And I just drugged my feet. And in that moment, in my, in my, like the lowest, like, we're just not going to do this. Like, we're just, we don't have time for this. We, I, we're not qualified. We're, I'm, I just, this is not something that we can do. God sent somebody to speak to me and he literally used the verbiage back to me that I had said, but, but, but. And he said, I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm just asking you to say yes. And in my strength and in my time, I will walk you through this. And that's what he does, is he meets us where we are if we simply 
open our hearts and say, yes, God, I will go. I don't feel like I can do this, but I know because I know you and I am yours, you will see me through. And I have no expectations that this is going to be easy. And it hasn't been. It has been almost seven months that little Ben has been with us. And it's a blessing every day, but it's a struggle. And it's messy, and it's hard, and it's heartbreaking. But there's so much joy in knowing that this little person that we said could mess our life up, take my time, take my love, he is thriving. Was that worth the risk? Absolutely. And God has something like that for each and every one of you. It may be something huge, and it may be something that's just between you and God. But it all is the same when we are obedient and we hear him and we say, not in my strength, God, but in yours. Changing thinking patterns, admitting fear, and moving forward despite that fear is really the key to our freedom. It really is. There's, there's no magic formula other than just being open and being available. So back to Moses, the guy who didn't feel qualified. When God spoke through the burning bush and he called Moses to lead his people out of Egypt, Egyptian bondage, he had a big case of the not good enoughs. And that's when he had a one-sided argument with God. I like that concept. I've had many one-sided arguments with God. Because again, I just feel like God's like, oh yeah? Okay. Are you done? Nope. Okay, keep going. All right, that's good. And Moses told God he was the wrong man for the job. He wasn't brave enough, strong enough, smart enough, eloquent enough, charismatic enough, or confident enough. And at one point, Moses asked God, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to them. And they ask me, well, what's his name? Then what should I tell them? Can't you just see him like, what am I supposed to say, God, huh? Who am I going to say he called me? And God's reply to Adam is, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Moses was 80 years old when he argued with God. 80 years old. But even the weakest knees in the hands of the I am become a mighty force to be reckoned with. The underlying statement feeding that sense of worthlessness, the inadequacy, the unqualified is the I'm not blank enough. And we all have our own word that we fill in there. False beliefs such as I'm not strong enough, I'm not experienced enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm not brave enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not young enough. But here's what we need to remember. Whatever positive characteristic we feel we are not, God is. Whatever we need, God is. He is I am that fills in our blanks. When we say I'm not strong enough, God says I am. When we say I'm not smart enough, 
God says, I am. When we say, I'm not good enough, God says, I am. Once we let go of the lies that we're not enough, and we take hold of the truth that we're more than enough because of Jesus' presence and his power in us, then we'll be set free from that paralyzing insecurity and fear and we'll begin to experience the courageous confidence to do anything that he calls us to. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. Just that simple changing of that thinking pattern. That I can boast and say, man, I am struggling here, but I'm excited to see how God is going to show up in that and how he's going to take my insufficiency, my weakness, and do something for his glory. That's what happens when we allow God to fill in our blanks. He turns what we perceive as our greatest weakness into our greatest strength. What is God calling you today? Where do you feel that you're not enough, that you're inadequate, that you're unqualified? Because you know what, friends? Jesus's power is in you. He finished the work on the cross, and he is more than enough. Don't forget that. Whatever new opportunities lay before you, what dreams lay hidden in your heart, don't let the fear of inadequacy or feeling unqualified hinder you from fulfilling those things that God has purposed for you. Take courage and move forward and watch that fear take flight. God longs to meet us at the place where we have reached the end of our abilities. He's there. He's waiting. But we have to get over ourselves. When we have exhausted our own strength and have nothing left, that's where he can do his best work. In your weakness, he doesn't use super strong, self-assertive, or self-centered people. Read the Bible. He uses the weak, the trembling, the inadequate, and the ill-equipped. I can sign up. You can sign up. The next time you feel like God can't use you, just remember this. Noah was drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. Will you pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, so many times I have felt like I am not good enough. We all have. Not smart enough, not wise enough, just not enough, period. Help me to stop focusing on my self-perceived inadequacies and to start focusing on your all-sufficient supply.
Lord, meet us where we are today. Whether we're at a top of a mountain and life is going well and we feel that self-sufficiency, meet us there and just remind us of your power and your presence that's waiting if we just reach out and say yes to you. Or Lord, meet us if we are in the valley somewhere and we're desperate for you. Again, you're right there. You're just waiting for us to reach out. God, we're so excited that as a people, you call us, you invite us into this adventure with you. You do not need us to do anything, and yet you extend your hand and you say, come on, let's do this together. How humbling if we just can get over ourselves. So God, right now I just pray that across this room, that Holy Spirit, you would just be speaking and reminding and calling forth those dreams and those plans and those visions that you have planted. That we would no longer let our inadequacy or feeling unqualified or not good enough stand in the way of what you have for us. Help us to be a courageous people that with you, with that understanding that because it's you in us, we can go forth and make mighty changes in your name. Help us to not live in fear. Your perfect love casts out all fear in our life, God, if we just look to you. God, thank you for being here with us this morning, to speaking to us, to encouraging our hearts. Lord, as we go forth this morning into our week, Lord, help us to have those eyes to see where you're directing us. Those conversations that may seem trivial, Lord, help us to see with your eyes and your heart that there's so much more. To love you and to love this community. Help us to be creative and maybe step out into a way we've never done before. Help us to be mindful and just smile more, to encourage somebody, to compliment somebody, and just see how that begins to change the circles around us. But God, most importantly, help us to remember that we are qualified and we are enough because of the work you did on the cross. Lord, we are grateful and we are thankful that we can live every day in you. The old has gone, the new has come. We love you and we thank you with all of our hearts. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, we are gonna conclude. Um, It is Memorial Day. And so Gary, as you are headed out um, to go partake in some delicious stuff, Gary is gonna play his accordion in uh, tribute to Memorial Day and to the veterans who have served. So you are dismissed and you may enjoy.